is the motivator. The end motivates us to reach that end goal. It drives people to work towards that goal, doesn't it? To that result or to that future prospect. And, you know, we, we do this with all kinds of things in our life today, don't we? In our friendships, in our relationships, maybe in our financial goals, in our health and fitness goals, our physical and mental health and well-being, in our career. <clears throat> you might have, put your hand up if you have this, you might have a five-year plan. Yes, right. Who has a 10-year plan? <clears throat> Who has a 15? Do you have a 15-year plan? Yeah. <laughs> okay, you might, you might, yeah, yeah. Anyway, people, I met a, a girl at uni. She was, she had a 10 year plan. I was like, what? Like, I don't know what I'm going to do in 10 years, let alone next year, right? And, you know, you, I don't know what that plan is. Sorry, that's, you, you can share with us later, maybe, if you, what that is. But uh, I like to know what that is. But anyway, you know, you, you want to do things in your life, you want to achieve things, you want to have goals where you want to be, and all that kind of stuff. And hopefully, in your life, what you're doing now is you're moving towards that goal. And we choose whether or not we want to do that by ourselves or we want to do it with other people. But how often, uh, how often people around you that you know or your personal acquaintances or friends uh, that you know around you are thinking about the end point of their life? Where would they like to be? Where would they like to end up at the end of their life? How is their journey towards that end point is demonstrated in their life choices, in the way that they behave, in the way that they relate to others. Because just as like how we're motivated by life goals, so will we, will we be motivated by our end of life goals, won't we? How does knowing what will happen at the end of your life influence the way you live your life today? If you're a Christian person, you follow Jesus and you're here today, how do you do that life? with other people. Yeah, we're gonna look over this, as Jed said, over the next three weeks, this topic of being together. What does it look like for us individually? And what does it look for, like for us as a group, Geelong Christian Union as a group, post 2020? And how does, that, how does the end of our lives, of everything that we know, that we see around us in this room and in the world out there, how that should that influence us in the way we live our life today? So I want to suggest, right, in verse 7 here, <clears throat> that line is striking, right, the first line. That's like kind of a main idea today. Because followers of Jesus, Christians should encourage each other, encourage people to live for Jesus together as we anticipate the end of all things. Now, just to clarify, the Apostle Peter, this is Peter writing this letter, um, he's writing to the early Christian church, and he describes very clearly what the end of all things is. If you want to uh, flip back in your Bible, it might come up on the screen next, maybe. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 5. Yes, there it is there. It says this, right? It says, but they will give, as in people, will give account to him being God. People give account to God who is ready to judge the living and the dead. This is the end that is near. This is the end that is near. People will give an account to God who is ready to judge the whole of humanity. That just precedes what we read today before verse 7. And that kind of sets a foundation okay, to what, people, to what Peter will explain later 
in these coming verses on how it would how life would look like living life look like today in light of the end of things being near there's two things we're going to explore today to flesh this idea firstly how we live for jesus in times like these because the end is near and secondly why we should live for jesus in these difficult times so that it will be a warning to people that the end is near okay so we first look at how and the second reason we look at why so firstly how should we live for jesus together in these times because the end is near that's in kind of the first paragraph we're going to look at that a bit more closely now verses 7 to 11. <clears throat> you know you look over this section and you see how peter is encouraging these people the early christian church in how to live life in light of the end being here okay you think you know wouldn't that be wonderful to to do these things wouldn't that be nice so talk to the person next to you maybe in groups of two or three next to you have a look at what peter is saying in those first couple of verses that first paragraph there uh in how he's encouraging them to live as followers of jesus in light of the end being near okay so have a chat with the person next to you Maybe you could circle it, underline it, whatever you highlight, you got a highlighter. Look at what are the things that Paul, Peter is encouraging them to do, uh, to live as Christians in this world when the end is near. Okay, I'm going to give you three minutes. Go. Okay, one more minute, one minute. Okay, cool. We're good. Yeah, that shouldn't be shouldn't be too hard. Hopefully. Okay, let's start over here. What's a what's a thing that Paul Peter? I keep saying Paul, but it's not it's Peter. Peter mentions uh, to, as he is encouraging these Christians. What's he saying? How to live? What's he What's he saying? Love each other deeply. Yeah. Okay. Love each other deeply. That's in verse eight. To love each other deeply. Wouldn't that be nice thing to do? To love each other deeply. Okay. Uh, ladies, are you, maybe you can share something. Anyone? Yeah, to be faithful. That's uh, what sentence up? Eight ten. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you should use a gift, you, the gift that you've received, as faithful stewards. Thank you. Yep. Maybe moving along, you guys. I was going to say, this. 
the gifts. Okay, thanks. That's fine. Thank you. So use use your gifts to serve others. Thank you. Uh, we'll go. Your ladies here. Yep, gifts to serve people. We said that one already. Uh, Charlotte and Sarah, do you have one? Different, something different? Be, yeah, offer hospitality. Okay, thanks. Cool. And we'll go this way. Another one? Yeah, what an encouragement. Cool. Okay, cool. So, like, these are great attributes for any organisation, as good as our one, Geelong Christian Union. I think any club or group would love to have all these things, right? It's a, they're great things to have, great, great operating uh, modes for ourselves, right, as a group. But you know what? For, for these Christians nearly 2,000 years ago, um, you know, doing these things would have been really challenging, really, really hard. You know, it's, it was been, would have been so countercultural to their, to their, their life back then. And, and from their society's perspective, so backward. The Apostle Peter here was writing to an audience who was trying to figure out what it was like to live the Christian life in a world where they were constantly being challenged. They were being oppressed. They were being persecuted because they believed in Jesus. So if you go back to the first chapter of 1 Peter chapter 1, okay, Peter describes these, these people, these Christians, as strangers or scattered people in the world. That's the very first line of his letter. You know, having togetherness was difficult because of the intense persecution by the Roman Emperor Nero. Okay, his Nero was a was a cruel leader. He was killing Christians. That was his goal in life to kill Christians. So being together to live as a group of followers of Jesus would have been hard. When your society rejected you, when your society and your peers persecuted you. And you kind of get the picture of that here in verse 12, right? When these guys suffered as people who had faith in Jesus because they believed that he had given them a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection. These Christians chose Jesus as their way of life and the suffering that they were experiencing should not have been a surprise. That's in verse 12 there. It's not abnormal. It shouldn't have been weird. They should have expected it. So if it was so hard, if it's so hard and so risky to be together and to believe and live as followers of Jesus, why would you do it? Why would you bother? What made it so worth it to put your own life at risk? Have a look at verse 11. It's got to do with the end point of everything. That's the motivator. Have a look at verse 11, halfway through. It says, if anyone serves... They should do it, do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. You see, if we understand the end point of our life is to praise God because of the hope we have in Jesus, and that everyone, everybody in the world will need to give an account to God of their life to Him when He judges humanity then I think this is the strongest motivation. It's a strong motivator to encourage each other to live for Jesus in times like these. So how does this motivation show? How does it show itself in the Christian life today? Well, I think it applies in the way we uh, live as people in GCU, 
in John Christian Union, and uh, in particularly in our mission value. So I'm going to pop that up on the screen. Hopefully Josh will do that. That's our first mission value. We've got three of them, and this is the first value. Let me read it. It says, connect in by meeting with Christians to support and strengthen each other, to stand firm and learn about the Christian faith. How could meeting together and being together as a Christian community at Deakin Uni, whether off campus or on campus, how could that bring people to realise their end point in life could end up be knowing Jesus and loving him? You see, in verse 7, we need to be clear-headed, self-controlled in what motivates us to live as Christian people because the end of all things is near. There's a sense of importance here, urgency in telling others that the end is near and what it'll be like for them. To be clear-headed and to be self-controlled is to be aware that there will be things in this life, things in your life, that will tempt you to give up living the Christian life and to help you to not be tempted to give up uh, living the Christian life is to pray together, is to pray to God together to ask for his help. In verse 8, we're to love each other deeply. This means taking an interest in others over yourself, caring for others, being selfless, just as Jesus did. Because he did this perfectly in his life. Yeah, I think 2020 has made people just that bit more edgy, a bit more fearful, a bit more anxious, maybe even upset, angry at how the year's gone. It didn't go to plan. If you have a five-year plan, it probably ruined it. I'm sorry. Now it's a six-year plan. You know, today marks the one-year anniversary of the coronavirus pandemic in Australia. That's today. People who've been so used to, we've all been used to just looking at t- like TV screens, monitors, computer screens, camera on or off. You know, we might have lost our social skills a bit, right? So people might be a bit, just a bit awkward when they're meeting people in person. It's a bit... To... Yeah, right. I hope you did, Nicole. I hope you did. But yeah, it's a bit intimidating, isn't it, to meet someone in person. You can't just turn off the camera and just sort of do your laundry in the background anymore. You've actually got to be here. Um, you know, having a deep... Love for people means we have the freedom to meet people where they're at, hey? That we get to meet them where they're at, look over their kind of their faults and their, you know, their awkwardness or their their weirdness maybe or whatever, so that we can connect them in and strengthen them in their faith in Jesus and to meet Jesus. Loving and caring for all people is such an important part of being together and living together for Jesus in times like these. In verses 9 and 10, we're to show hospitality to people without complaining and to use the gifts we've received from God to love and serve others. You know, hospitality here in verse 9 is about showing love, showing care to a stranger, uh, to a foreigner or a guest, It's not necessarily someone you've known for many, many years, okay? It's easy to show hospitality to someone you've known for ages. Um, And hospitality doesn't doesn't mean you have to bake a cake, make some cookies or something, or have an amazing dinner in your home. That's not what hospitality is. 
essentially. It's not what that is. It's an expression, a tangible expression, how you show practical love to someone. How do you care for someone practically? And you do it without complaining. In the same way, we use our gifts, our talents that God has given us to benefit others, to show God's grace. And there are so many talents here. There's so many gifts here in this room alone. People who are creative and people who are musical, people who speak well, people who are artistic, who are good administratively, maybe. People who have social skills. They're just some things, right? And we would apply our gifts so that God is praised and that others will be encouraged to praise God. You know, showing hospitality, using our gifts to serve others is such an important thing. Being together and living for Jesus together in times like these. In verse 11, being together also means speaking to each other as if we were, quote, speaking the very words of God. You see that there in verse 11, speaking the very words of God. That's not saying or literally saying, oh, we're speaking God's words. That's what it's getting at. But it's a high standard, right? It's a high bar, right? Because speech, the way you speak, if you read James, it's all about that too. James talks about the tongue, but here speech reveals so much about the place of Jesus in our lives. If Geelong Christian Union was a place, a community of people that was always complaining, always angry, grumbling, gossiping, trash-talking people, trash-talking other clubs, thinking, saying how much better than we are than others, kind of like what modern rappers do, okay? Do you think that reflects a clear understanding on what Peter's talking about here about how the end is near? How does the end of all things being near influence our speech to others to connect people into GCU, to strengthen people in their faith in Jesus? Our conversations, our speaking as we represent God is an important part of being together. An important part of living for Jesus together in times like these. So we've just looked at how we live for Jesus together in these times where the end is near. But we're now going to look at why we should live for Jesus in difficult times and We've had difficult times in the last year, haven't we? And we want to do this. We want to live for Jesus because it is a warning to people that the end is near. Now, I mentioned before that Peter, he's writing to Christians in the early church. They're experiencing persecution, oppression, right, because of their faith in Jesus. So in verses 12 and 13 there, in that second paragraph there in your sheet there, Peter says that Christians will experience suffering just as Jesus Christ did in his life. And that should not be a surprise. Jesus often spoke about this in his life, didn't he? If you read the Gospels, he's always talking about that there's cost in following Jesus. There is risk. There is sacrifice in following Jesus. Most of the 12 apostles who followed Jesus and and also the Apostle Paul, they died following Jesus, living for him, as they talked about the end of things being near, that people should follow Jesus, and they were killed for that. You see, if followers of Jesus commit themselves to this faithful God, 
who created everything that we know and continues to do good, as it says there in verse 19, then righteousness awaits them. Righteousness awaits those people who entrust themselves to God. And their end point or their end goal is heaven. This commitment to God, our commitment to God, will be tested. It's going to be tested. There'll be, as it says here in 12, a fiery ordeal, a painful trial. You might be physically suffering because you openly share about your faith in Jesus. You might be verbally or physically insulted because you openly share about your faith in Jesus. You might be shamed or embarrassed publicly because you openly share about your faith in Jesus. People in John Christian Union often experience these things. People, Christians who are sitting in classes, your peers, are experiencing these things because we openly talk about Jesus. We openly share about him from the Bible. And when that happens, it is a warning to others that the end is near. How should John Christian respond to suffering together in these difficult times like these? How do we respond? I'm going to give you a few minutes again, talk to the people again next year. Have a look at that second paragraph. How should we respond when we suffer in these difficult times? Have a chat. Give you five minutes. Okay, one more minute.
Okay, just wrap up your conversation. Hopefully it's uh, been stimulating. Okay, uh, maybe we'll start. We'll go. We'll go from here to this way this time. So, what do you guys talk about? How do you How do you respond? Yeah. <laughs> why would Why would it be hard to rejoice? What's your take on that? Why is it hard to rejoice? Oh, in it? Saying, you know, it's it's just because we are such emotional creatures. Like that first question you ask, like you can see the end. How we act differently and how yeah. we do things differently. We don't see the end. We see like what's happening right now. Yeah, what's yeah. Right in front of us. What our circumstances are. We're so immediate, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. And so we, yeah, it's really hard to get out of that immediacy and into rejoicing in what is to come. Yep. Yeah, cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, cool. Uh, we'll go this blocky, these four ladies. Did you want to share something? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, like as well, I know um, I've been very lucky and haven't had to suffer that that much, especially like for my faith. And I think um, like I hope and pray that if I do that, I can hold on to my faith. It's a good challenge. Yep. Cool. Thanks, Mike, for sharing that. Yep. Okay, we'll just uh, go over here. Yeah. Yeah. More like rejoicing in the fact that you have a relationship with God and that God is good, mm. even if your life doesn't seem very good at the time. Yes. Yeah. Because there's always that that perspective, eh, that you need. Yeah. And Thanks. Even that God will actually make something good happen directly out of your suffering. Yes. It's just that He generally is still going to be good, mm. even when your life isn't. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Yep. Did you want to say anything else? No. No. Good. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. You want anything else? Yeah. We did go over the rejoicing uh, and suffering a little bit. Yes. Um, but, um, you know, it was more from the thought of like, if, it's, if we're able to rejoice in the suffering now, how much more are we going to rejoice when the Lord comes back or whenever we get to heaven? Yes. Um, Mm. That, that second yeah. Yeah, it's like next. Like he thought it was awesome to rejoice in suffering. Well, think about. Yeah, it's like it's just going to break through the ceiling, isn't it? Like that joy that you're going to have. Yeah, as we are going to suffer as Jesus did. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. I got some thoughts. So you know, verse fourteen. I think we're reminded that when we suffer, we are blessed. You see that? We are blessed. That's, again, counterintuitive. Someone said that or just seems counterproductive because uh, when, you, when you are suffering, you are blessed because you know God personally because he's given you his spirit. He has the, he's giving you the Holy Spirit. He, he resides in you. In verse 16, we, sh, we sh are not ashamed because we bear God's name. We, we bear God's name. We carry that. We've inherited that. We are considered God's family. That's how cool that is, right? That's how awesome it is. We are benefactors in the in the great inheritance in heaven. We get to receive that. So I guess in our sufferings, right, and our trials of being Christians, living living this life now, being together, I think our response is 
on how we respond to suffering is that it is a warning to others around us that the end of all things is near and that it's most effective, that warning is most effective when we are being together physically, I think. So Geelong Christian Union, how do we be together, right? If we are experience suffering, if we will, if we would experience suffering, if we would experience insults, if we were to be shamed by our society, by our peers, whoever, right? Well, we love, we love each other earnestly. We show hospitality to everyone. We serve others sacrificially. That's not easy, is it? That's really hard. And as we do these things, they are a warning to people that the end of all things is near, that everyone will need to give an account to God, who is the judge of all humanity. You know, trying to keep on track with your life goals, your five-year plan is is pretty hard. Um, I don't know, do you have someone that keeps you accountable to your five-year plan? Do you really? Okay, that's really... Who's that? Your mum does. Oh, cool. That's really cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what you reckon, like, if you didn't tell your mum, like, that, that's probably, it would probably be really hard to, like, complete that plan, right? Like, because you just sort of forget and, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's like with anything, right? Like, <clears throat> to, to keep on track with your life goals, you need support. You need people around you to keep reminding you, hey, you know, you've got to keep doing that or, Hey, quick, like, come on, like, don't forget to do that. Don't forget to be part of that. It kind of makes it worthwhile, doesn't it? Perhaps maybe even easier to reach that end point, to reach that life goal, if you were to do it with other people as opposed to doing it by yourself. But imagine, right, doing the Christian life, living a Christian life, a follow, being a follower of Jesus, doing that alone. Imagine doing that alone. I reckon it'd be heaps hard to do. Okay, I, I wouldn't be here today if I was doing it alone. No way. Um, to keep on track and reaching the end point of life, which is being in heaven with God, knowing Jesus. I, I don't rec- reckon, I don't think I have re- met anyone, or I don't reckon I've met anyone who's, who's done this successfully, <laughs> who has said, I'm doing so well at living for Jesus by myself. I don't reckon anyone said that. I don't reckon I've seen that. Um, or I don't reckon I've seen someone say or, and do, I'm doing great at sharing my faith with my friends, telling people about Jesus by myself. I don't need anyone to help me. I can just do it my own. I'm just going to keep doing it by myself because I'm killing it. I've never seen anyone do that. I've never seen anyone say that and do it successfully. Friends, I just employ to make the most, make the most of being together in Geelong Christian Union, being in a Christian community, wherever you're at, at church, in your, in your local area, during your university career, make the most of it. Remain focused on the end goal of your life in being righteous before God in heaven. Do it by having people around you, encouraging you to stand firm and to reach out with each other for Jesus, to make his name great. Friends, followers of Jesus should encourage each other to live for Jesus together 
as we anticipate the end of all things. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. We thank you that you sent him to die for us, that we can be saved and to know you personally through him. We thank you, Lord, that there will be a time when you will return to judge the world. Lord, that we can find safety and security and salvation in Jesus. Lord, we recognise that, yeah, our faith will be tested, that there will be times that they will be difficult to live for you, that the year that we've had has been hard. But we thank you for times like this that we can meet together and encourage each other and to be together, Lord. We pray, God, that you continue to strengthen us in our faith as we share this time together, as we love one another, as we show hospitality to each other, as we spur one another on in our faith. We thank you so much for Jesus. Amen.